podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, the shark bait has such teeth there, and it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie bait, and it keeps it up. So welcome everybody to this latest episode of Macklin's Take with me, Andy Clark and Matt Macklin. We are convening on uh, a pretty gloomy Monday, actually, to look back on the weekend's boxing, of which there was plenty. A good win for Josh Kelly against Troy Williamson on Friday night. Then, of course, we had the fight that Tottenham Hotspur on Saturday night between Tyson Fury and Derek Tazora, and that's the one which has really captured people's attention. So we'll mainly be concentrating on that, but uh, we'll take things into other areas as as we generally do. Macklin, how are things? Yeah, good, good. Uh, can't complain at all. Uh, trying to get organised and ready for Christmas, but obviously we've got a show in Bournemouth on the 17th. So looking forward to that. And then, you know, it'll be Christmas week then, won't it? Yeah, I mean, it is It is coming around really, really quick. There's, there's, there's plenty to happen between now and then. Like you say, Josh Warrington boxes this Weekend and what could be a tricky fight, um, a mandatory defence for him. Michael Collins in action in Belfast. I'm hoping to get over for that one. Then I'll be down in Bournemouth with you, and and we finish a bit further away from Christmas than normal because uh, Christmas Eve is a is a Saturday. Nobody's going to put a show on 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 Christmas Eve. I thought somebody might be tempted because um, you could literally call the show the fight before Christmas. Then couldn't you? Because <laughs> I do, I do like the names for Christmas shows. I've always liked Violent Night. That's a good one. Seasons Beatings has always been my favourite. Um, and they get recycled every year without without fail. And I know, I wouldn't fancy getting knocked out on Christmas Eve, would you? No. <laughs> that would be absolutely horrendous. That would be, that'd be really bad. Really bad. Um, <clears throat> but let's cast our minds back to Saturday night. And I was around the the fight all all week, Fury against Tesori. It did get swallowed up a little bit by the World Cup in terms of the the build up, but that's 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 to be expected. And the two of them were very respectful around each other. They decided not to indulge in any pantomime antics because they knew that you know those of us in the trade and boxing fans would have realised that it was just that it would have been just that because they actually get on well. I was kind of hoping during the week that we might see something we weren't quite expecting on Saturday. And by that, I didn't think that Chisora could win. I, I've never thought that he could win. I wasn't too critical of the fight because it's a voluntary. He was in the top 15. He's a British name. Therefore, you can sell him. And they did sell out Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. People wondered whether they would. It's impossible to know nowadays, really, because you have ticket sales and then a lot end up on secondary markets. And it's very hard to, to make any firm prediction about what's going to happen. But on the night, it was full. Looking around, there was the odd empty seat up on the top tier. The cold wasn't a problem. I never thought the cold would be a problem. People watch football in the cold all winter. Uh, but if it had rained, that would have been a problem. But um, luckily, the rain the rain stayed away. I mean, what was your kind of feeling about it during the week? During big fight weeks, we'll kind of, what you'll do a lot, if it's one that I'm working on and you're not, you'll just kind of text me like day by day almost, just trying to get a read on... You know, what's what's the temperature of this fight like? Has it got that big fight feel or is it not? And I'm on the inside of it, so sometimes it's hard to tell. But for you kind of not being involved, I mean, did it? Um, there was people talking about it, but I, 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 most people were, going, were talking about 
uh, were moaning about it being a pay-per-view. That was the general gist online um, that I was seeing. Uh, I put a couple of tweets out myself saying, you know, I don't mind it. I think it's, uh, you know, Fury's, I'd rather Fury stay active than sit idle. I think inactivity is one of the biggest killers of, of modern day boxing, boxing only you know, a couple of times a year. And when you look back years ago, and I'm not, I'm not going back to the, the old days either by, you know, the black and white times on television. I'm on about like, you know, the 90s, De La Hoya fought five times as a world champion. You know, nowadays, you know, like t- twice a year, sometimes once, you know, it's, it, you know, and like, it's a problem. You know, it, it is, and, and fighters not fighting each other like Errol Spence and Crawford, the mid thirties, you know, Tommy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard fought each other the first time. I think they were 24 and 22. It could be 26 and 24, but, they, you know, they were they were probably not even in their prime. <laughs> They're probably still getting better, you know. So um, the inactivity, inactivity is, is a problem. Is, you know, fights not being made and inactivity of fighters is a problem. And uh, the fact that Fury, Box, stayed active, defended, against a world-ranked fighter in Chisora. You know, he's coming off the win on Pulev. Um, you know, life and death with Parker. Parker had life and death with him, who, who's also a world-rated fighter, a former world champion. Usyk himself, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, life and death. So, I, and, and, and from, you know, yeah, we, we knew Fury was a massive favourite and he should comfortably win. Uh, he's beaten Chisora twice before already, but I certainly couldn't begrudge Chisora the shot of the title and the payday after everything he's given boxing, you know, UK boxing, do you know what I mean? He's been in some ding-dongs, you know, the, you know, he's, he provides entertainment, Chisora, heart of a lion, tough as old boots. I, 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 was, uh, I, was, I was happy for Chisora to, to, to get his shot. People, lots of people, the general, um, the general kind of, uh, comments back were they agreed with that with both those points they agreed with uh fury staying active was a good thing they agreed with chisora deserving his shot because for what he's put into boxing what the, they were a bit pissed off because he'd already beaten him twice so they didn't have the sort of intrigue or excitement because of that but the main problem that everyone was moaning about was the pay-per-view that it was on pay-per-view and then it was 27 quid that's what they were all moaning about um my personal thing with that is, if you don't want it, don't buy it. Do you know? It, it's and that's you know twenty seven quid. You can say you know people go, oh that's all right. You're you're a, a former you know you've done well in boxing. It's twenty seven quid. Like it's it, it, you know if you go out and you get pissed and you feel like shit the next day and made a fool of yourself and you're hung over to fuck. It costs you a lot more than twenty seven quid to feel shit like that the next day. <laughs> you know. You know, so, you know, you can stay in and have a good night and enjoy the box and there will be other fights or, or, or you don't or, or you're not, you, want, you want to protest it and you hate it. I get it. I understand you think it's not the fight you wanted. Fine, fair enough. Well, then don't buy it. And, and if, if you think that promoters are, are doing too many pay-per-views, don't buy them and eventually they'll stop doing them. You know, but while there's a demand, there will always be a supply. Yeah, that's 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 just a fact, and and I would be very curious to know what the pay per view figures were. Um, 
I don't know if BT really released them or, or not, but you know, as I said, the stadium the stadium was full. And as for what happened on the night, I did leave there disappointed <laughs> by the fact that Derek Chisora had been allowed to take too much punishment. There was a big golfing class between the two. Always give props to the winner. And the fact that Fury was able to beat Chisora so easily, and you just listed Derek's previous achievements, that is an example, yet again, of just how good Fury is. And that shouldn't be overlooked or underestimated because he was just in complete control all the way through, right from the beginning, right till the end. He carried him. Uh, that was what I saw. He could have stopped him, I think, pretty much at any point from the second or third round onwards, and he chose not to. But unfortunately, I think he would have been doing Derek a greater kindness if he had knocked him out after three or four rounds. Because I remember asking after five rounds of commentary with Spencer Oliver, I was working for Talk Sport. That was the point at which I floated the question, at what point will the corner start to think about this? Now, I don't expect a corner to stop a world title fight after five rounds because in boxing, we have this conflict between pure fighter welfare and giving a fighter every chance to win and giving them their pride. And those two things butt heads. There are odds with each other. It's one of the things about the sport that, that is difficult, that is, a, that is a conflict. And it makes that decision in the corner hard sometimes. And somebody might look at it and say, well, it's getting absolutely hammered five rounds in you should just call the fight there and then shouldn't you logically maybe yeah but nobody's going to do that and I understand why they're not going to do that but after seven rounds Matt they should have called it because at that point do the maths it's a 12 round fight he's seven rounds down at that point he needs knockdowns and nothing had happened in the fight to that stage to give us even the merest glimpse of that being possible Therefore, at that point, he cannot win. So stop it. But they let it go on another two rounds and they let him out for the 10th as well. And I tell you, I was, I was, I was so disappointed in the corner. It, it, it is, you, you said it there, look, fighters are proud men and Chisora is a proud man and he's tough as nails and big heart. Um, those fighters need saving from themselves. That the brave, the last thing a brave fighter needs is a brave cornerman. You know, never be brave with someone else's body. You know, it's it, you've got to date people like Chisora on a fight like that. You know, it, look, eventually it was stuck, but you're right. It probably could have been a couple of rounds earlier. Look, it's and, and there's kind you've got to you, there's other things to take into account. Like there's context. Certain fighters, certain. I'm not talking particularly about now, this is like a general thing um, on this topic, is if the fighter's got a puncher's chance, you might leave him in there a little bit longer, you know, because fighters do, you know, fighters do turn fights around with one punch, you know, they, they carry that kind of power. Um, but fighters who don't have the power or, or don't maybe seem to have the ability to land that shot even, you know, because Fury's big, he's so big, he's so, he's such a master at using his size as well. He's not just big, he, he's good as well. You know, he's agile, he's, you know, he's he's great on his feet. You know, he, it's hard, isn't it, to catch him? Well, no, no, you know, Wilder, who's six foot seven himself, really athletic, although, you know, maybe not the, the technically most 
textbook in boxing with some of the shots he throws, but he's he is athletic, like he's really explosive. You know, he's never knocked him out, and he's knocked out anyone he hits. I've done a few of his fights ringside with power. That's fight. it. It's That's it. Exactly. Banjo Luis Ortiz. He lost every round in their rematch. One punch, bang, fights over. You know, you'd you'd leave. You leave, you leave someone like Wilder in there. <laughs> He's got half his, you know, you, you know what I mean? You'd leave him in there till he was like spent because he could literally turn it round with one punch. But uh, that, that's what they did in that third fight. You know, he was, he was on gas. He was on vapor from like round five, six onwards. And, but, but they left him in because he was hurting Fury right up until the very, very end until he collapsed pretty much with exhaustion. But Chisora was just, there was, there was, he was not capable of that and everyone <clears> knew it. Mm, yeah. Ah, look, he's, I, I don't know. I, I read a thing after about Chisora said he doesn't want to go out like that, but I, I hope Chisora does retire now because ultimately you're going out at the top. You're going out in a loss to get against the best heavyweight of this era and in a, in a soul, in a, in a packed house at Tottenham Hotspur. I think in terms of going out, you're not going to get much better than going out like that, you know, because if you say, well, win, well, if you were going to go out and win, you'd have gone out on the last one. You won't, if he, if he, if he comes back and has a win, he won't go out on the win because then, you know, there'll be another big fight talked about. So I think, I think in terms of exit strategy or your exit out of, out of the box, you know, I think Chisora's had an unbelievable career when you, and especially these last sort of five or six years when, I don't know, maybe, he, he just had that final, like an Indian summer, didn't he? Yeah, you know, he, he had some, he had big fights. Big he knocked out Takam, and it all came from that, didn't it? Oh, what a Do you remember knockout. that? Do you remember that? What a moment that was! It was amazing, wasn't it? Unreal. Takam was beating him, wasn't he? And he just oh bang. yeah. I mean, what a performance! And then you know, and then yeah, right. And then from that, he's had some massive fights. So you know, he's had a great career. I um, you know, I hope he he sails into the sunset now and enjoys all that money he's earned. I don't think he will, though. That's the problem. And and as once you're, whilst you're still able to pass your medicals and you want to box, and I think it's similar with Derek to how it is with Tyson that he can't really entertain life without boxing. It gives him focus. It it gives him the spotlight. He's got an ego. He 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 likes being in the in the public eye. He enjoys all of that. He's quite a complex char- character, Derek. I think I don't know him, um, but it's always seemed to me that that he probably is. Most fighters are, or or at least a a lot of them, if he is going to keep going, it would be great if they could get him a farewell win um, mm. and go out like that. But what I worry about is that, you know, he's next up he'll find himself in with, say, like Daniel Dubois or, or, or worse, Joe Joyce, if they yeah. can't get the fights. I mean, maybe that is the fight that du- Team Dubois would want and you can understand why it would be. It would be the fight that Joyce would want, um, but maybe it would end up happening anyway. I don't, I just don't want to see that. No, no, because they're, they're hard fights, aren't they? He's, he's had a lot of hard fights. Um, I, I just think he, 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 I just think he's had a great career, and he, you know, we, we all get old, and, it, and, it, and it's not, you know, that his best days are behind him, and and it's a, it's not like football where you can go, you can be the best midfielder in the world, and you go back into defence and get a few more years out of your career. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, boxing's brutal and it's dangerous. Um, so I, I hope he, I hope he leaves it there now. But yeah, you couldn't, you wouldn't be shocked if he didn't. 
Yeah, and the fact that it was it was allowed to go on as long as it did, it did just take the edge off things. For me, it did anyway. And for people who kind of know what they're watching, I think it would have. Um, I saw Rick Broadbent from the Times, his headline. I don't know whether he would have written the headline or not, but it was on his article and it said, Fury wins, but boxing loses. And I could understand where that headline is is coming from because the, the atmosphere in the, in the stadium did kind of dip towards the end. At the start, people were kind of excited because it looked like Fury might get the stoppage and put on a real you know, <coughs> seek and destroy type display. Then I think people for maybe four, five, six were thinking, God, Chisora's digging in. He looked like he was done and he's digging in and all right, he can't win. But look at this guy, you know, he's so brave. Um, and then from kind of halfway onwards, I think people were watching it through their fingers a bit, to be honest. Um, and if it had been called a little bit sooner, I think it would have been much the better, much the better for it. Uh, but that's, you know, it's the hurt business, and and mm. unfortunately, that was just that was just the way, just the way that it that it went. Um, one thing I did find interesting during the course of the week, and this brings us on to some kind of more boxing politics here, really, is that top rank were over in force. Bob was over, Bob Arum, and he came to the original press conference as well a few weeks ago. <clears throat> now, top rank and and uh, Queensbury have been doing some big business this last year, you know, because they had Fury against White, which was mega. Obviously, 94,000 at Wembley. They had 60,000 at Tottenham Hotspur. Artur Baturbiev was over for a press conference on the day of the fight for his fight with Anthony Yard. They've got that at the end of January. I personally think that they will get Fury Usyk done for Saudi for late February, early March. And it's a big game of thrones, this, isn't it, when it comes to promoters? And those are two, those are two big houses, you know, the House of Aram and the House of Warren. You know, coming together again to do they they go way way back and you know you might not be able to talk about this too much but currently top ranker broadcast partners with Sky but you know they're 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 doing a lot of business with Queensbury yeah they do go way back and they'll deal with whoever makes sense for them to get the deal done top rank have dealt with everyone in boxing because historically over the last fifty years they've been probably the premier. Uh, promotional company. Obviously, Don King had his time with the heavyweights. Um, you know, the last few years in the UK, uh, Eddie, Eddie, you know, had a great run there um, with Anthony Joshua. Um, but yeah, I mean, historically, you'd have to say the top rank. Uh, I would say are probably the number one in pro- promotional company in boxing and. Uh, and they'll have done Bob and Frank will have done lots of business with each other over the years. Um, <clears throat> even on Box Nation, um, they I, I think they had an output deal with Top Rank. They took a lot of their fights. So yeah, that is that is um, yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that they're um, they that they can do business together. They've always done business together. Um, but you, you said Yard Baturbia, great fight, as you say. Hey, everybody, sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in health, thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes, it's called The Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to the Desiring Capital podcast coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go! This is so crazy! 
Yeah, it's a good good fight. That it just it just occurs to me that you know maybe maybe uh, maybe Mister Aram needs I don't know needs needs a nice Christmas card from from Sky HQ and and uh, a little bit of a cuddle in the uh, in the new year. I, 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 yeah, you know, I'm just saying that you know that could maybe be something they would they would need to think about. Um, it, it is really interesting seeing what's going on with what what Frank's done the last two three five, five years almost. Say they they came to the number box nation which he created himself uh which is a very frank warren thing to do as a kind of holding card almost if 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 that makes if that makes sense whilst he just went about his business knowing that the boxing world would evolve and another platform would probably arrive at some point which it did in bt and then they've taken uh the stable onto bt discovery coming next year and from what I hear, you know, they're keen on boxing and you can never rule out someone like him. And I don't think anyone ever did, but you know, they look like they're in a strong position now because one thing he's always known, Frank, isn't it? It's just how important it is to have the heavyweights and he's got Fury. He's got Joyce. He's got Dubois. Uh, a kid called Enrico Atalma was there on Saturday watching his brother, Carol. Now Enrico Atalma just won gold at the world youth championships having won gold at the European Youth Championships. Um, he's very, very good. And he's going to turn pro immediately without any senior experience. Anyone who's seen him will tell, you know, this this kid is, you know, he is the business. I'd imagine he's going to get him. You know, he's well stocked, isn't he? Mm. Oh, he is. Look, um, <clears throat> he, he, and, and he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of, um, you know, he signed a lot of really good fighters that weren't necessarily big names in the amateurs as in on the GB squad, but they were good juniors. And he snapped a lot of them up. Dennis, I'm thinking like Dennis McCann being one, you know, and and and, he, and he's, you know, he develops them. You know, he develops them, he gets them to 20-0 or he gets them number one with the WBO. And, you know, he, 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 he's got his system <laughs> that he's, he's developed and he, which has developed and evolved over the years. And it, and it, it's worked for him, hasn't it? You know, he's, he's he gets you, he gets you, he'll make the fights. And look, he's got a great relationship with Paco and the WBO. He spends a lot of money with the WBO. So as long as his fighter keeps winning and he gets him a shot at to become WBO intercontinental or international champion, and he keeps winning, he keeps defending, he'll he'll climb those rankings and he'll get to the number one spot. And then when he's at the number one spot, he'll try and get you the shot. Well, they'll get you the shot. They'll get you into the mandatory position. So you're going to get your shot, and it'll go to a. If you can't do a deal to bring it here, it'll go to a purse bid. And you know, if you're a, if you're a, if he's managed to build you into a big enough um, attraction at that point, he'll he'll put a bid in that wins the bid. <laughs> he'll get you the shot at home. He's done it time and time again. That's what he does. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just it, it, we're at. Oh God, I've been saying this for ages, but we're at such an interesting point, and I think it's getting more interesting all of the time. Because if you think about, if you take boxer Matchroom Queensbury as the three kind of biggest promoters out there, uh, boxer qualify for that because of their partnership <coughs> with Sky. No disrespect to boxer, but they're they're very very new. Um, you know, Caller and Nissa Sowland as promoters are obviously way more established, but let's just say those those three, um, so DAZN, BT, 
and Sky and their and their partners. Um, I'm always going to upset people doing things like this, but that's just you know it's just the way it goes. At the start of the year, if you were going to rank their stables, I think you would have said Matchroom number one, or at the start of last season, say when when the Matchroom zone thing started. I think in terms of stable, you would have said Matchroom number one, Queensbury number two, Boxer number three. In terms of platform, you would have said Boxer number one with Sky, Queensbury number two with BT, Matchroom number three with Zone. Do you think that those rankings have changed or, or are changing? In terms of the platform, as you say, probably not. We'll see what happens with Discovery. But in terms of the stables, I think I think maybe things are changing a bit. Well, look, I think I, I, I'm not just saying this because I work for Sky. I think, look, I think it's a fairly, I think everyone would agree Sky is the, the number one platform. Yeah, I don't think there'd be a, there'd be no argument there. Like, for, yeah, for the, for the, the platform, Sky number one, BT number two, the um, zone number three. That's that's a factor, isn't it? That's just a fact. Yeah, I think. Look, Eddie's. You know, obviously, Sky won the bid. Got the bid from the Saudis for, to do Usyk and Joshua, and Usyk won that fight. You know, Fury's the number one heavyweight. Uh, you know, Frank's got him. Beats it. It's it's interesting because people have got different. You know. It's your Fury. feeling. It, it, do you, it's your feeling that Fury against Usyk will get made. I, I just seeing Queensbury and Top Rank and K two around each other all of last week, which they were because Alex Krasik was there with Dennis Barinchik and Usyk was there on the night. I just got the feeling that like there's far too much common sense within that group within that triumvirate that this oh, is going to happen. That, that fight will get done. It makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, the only thing that seems to be a bit of a an obstacle at the minute is the IBF mandatory with Hergovic. Like, I don't know, are the IBF really going to enforce their mandatory and not allow an undisputed unification to happen? I mean, they might, I don't know, do you know, but they'd be, I think people would be pissed off with them, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the only thing standing in the way. Yeah, I can't see them doing that. You know, because Egis, you know, I know Egis, Egis uh, is, is, you know, you can get a deal done with Egis, is. is Definitely, you know, uh, him and Bob get on. So you'd imagine ESPN will do it in America. You know, Frank's going to say, well, look, I've got a deal with BT. I'm the UK side of the the partnership with Bob, with Fury. We're, we're putting it on BT, you know, so. Yeah, I, I definitely, I'm speaking to a few people last week, and not anyone official from Queensbury, I need to point that out, just people within the game. I definitely don't think that they will want the situation that we had last time whereby the Saudis took control of the event and they then sold the rights. I don't think yeah, Top Rank won't want that. Queensbury won't want that. I don't think K2 will want that. And I wouldn't be amazed if the Saudis don't want that either because I think they found that whole thing pretty hard work, to be honest, last time. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a tedious process, isn't it? And um, So I'd imagine they'll, they'll have that all ironed out before they, uh, you know, put pen to paper. I think they'll, you know, because it, it was almost like they put they did the deal with the Saudis and then all this happened after. I think they'll have, you know, they'll, they'll turn hindsight into foresight and they'll make sure that everything's covered before they sign that deal. Mm. 
Hey everybody, this is Moto G Pete from the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Nokomoto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And um, where, where do you think Eddie's at at the minute in his in his kind of headspace almost? Because they are putting on good shows. You know, Josh Warrington's got a world title defence in, in Leeds on Saturday. They'll pack that place out, definitely. The undercards may be a bit thin, but a lot of undercards are quite thin at the minute. And you look at oh, some I of think, the other... Well, you talked about... So, you know, Eddie's putting on... Over here, Eddie's putting on good fights. Eddie's got a lot of good fighters, and he's putting on good fights. But, you know, I don't know how many people are seeing them on the zone. I don't have a clue. You know, you hear different... You hear so much bullshit, it's hard to know what figures are true. Do you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. You know, so... But, you know, he's... um, He's going to those cities and he's promoting in those cities. And some of, some of the bigger names have already established and have got a following. So, yeah, you know, that they, like Warrington, will do a good crowd. He's an established name. It's harder for the guys you're building that don't have the name. The guys that have the name. Look, Warrington's done how many stadiums in Leeds? He's famous in Leeds. You know, Katie Taylor is famous in Ireland. So, you know, you can go, he'll get, will go to Ireland and he'll, He'll bring in, um, he'll bring in, uh, you know, local media partners, the radio, all this type of stuff, and it, he'll he'll really promote it, and 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 the household names, so it's not hard, it, it's easier. But the people that you're trying to bring through and build their profile and build their fan base, now, it's hard, it's hard for those guys. They're not being seen. Like for example, now Dalton Smith had a fight on Sky. Then he was in Sky on Monday. You know, then he's done a bit of punditry work. He's probably had more profile at, uh, over the last couple of weeks than the last 12 months. Yeah, I mean, I want, want, as I understand it, and um, I mean, Eddie obviously listens to Macklin's take, so, you know, if, if, if I'm wrong about <laughs> this, then he can he, he feel free to, to correct me. Because the zone is global, the potential difficulty you've got when it comes to the UK is that you can't have too many completely UK-centric events. Now, building a Sheffield fighter in Sheffield in Dalton Smith, who at the minute is a British champion, we expect him to go further, but that's what he is at the minute, or Billum Smith in Bournemouth, that's not necessarily something that they can really do, that the DAZN bosses will look at and really want them to do. They'd rather go to Abu Dhabi for Dimitri Bivol, so your UK fights need to have as much global boxing appeal as, as you can get, which probably... It makes it hard to put on those kinds of fights, though, doesn't it? I disagree. This this whole global thing's uh, bullshit. In boxing, about bubbles. You become a star in your bubble, and then you go global. You don't go global and then become. It doesn't happen like that. You can't. You know, it's like Josh Warrington became big in Leeds. Ricky Hatton became big in Manchester. Then he became big in Britain. Then he became. Then he went to America. You 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 have to master your your home place first. That's how you become big. You know, it's not, um, you know, guys boxing, guys, I don't know, like boy, you know, people in, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you, you go to Abu Dhabi 
and someone's got a lot of money there and they pay to have the fight there because they're going, they're trying to bring entertainment there. You know, it's a bit like the casinos in Vegas. There's a site fee. They pay a site fee and, you know, people go there and have big fights there. But <sighs> Vegas is well established. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, to have a big fight in Vegas, a hotel can pay a lot of money to have the fight there. They're not bothered about how many tickets it sells because they know they're going to spend a fortune in the hotel and, the, and gambling. It's, so it's a bit different, do you know what I mean? And I think the American market, people sort of, uh, the habits of fans is different. Like people will go to Atlantic City, Atlantic City will pay a site fee uh, or Foxwoods on the East Coast, Las Vegas. A lot of states in America don't do gambling. There's no online gambling. It's blocked. So, you know, people that like to have a gamble, they've got to go to a casino, you know, and they're in certain places. And boxing, among other events, singers and whatever, you know, that, that they, they provide entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you that, you know, that the, you, you build from the ground up, you know, you, you sell out your local arena down the end of your street if you can sell out your living room first you know if that makes sense and then go from there and and eddie knows that absolutely there's no one who's got his finger on the pulse of promotion more than but, than but him it, it, but if that if that's the pressure he's getting from the design bosses that everything needs to be kind of have this global appeal then that's going to make it hard but but mate you know they've thrown out some destinations for the first half of next year or the early part of next year and and there's a good number of, of UK ones. So so I could be wrong about that, but it's something that I'd heard strategy-wise that made me think, hmm, you know, that's going to make it difficult for you if you're mapped through UK. I think the hardest, the biggest problem for Eddie is, or, or for not for Eddie, but for the, the zone is, uh, and Eddie, I suppose, because it ties his in partnership with them. We need a football package. You know, it's not, boxing's a funny, boxing's a bit of a mad sport in the sense that, you see a Joshua Fury fight and there's this football stadium packed out and it's doing however many million views on pay-per-view. So you think it's this massive crossover sport. It is on certain not with certain fighters on certain nights. You're talking probably a handful of times in a year. The rest of the the rest of the year, it's quite niche. You know, until yeah. they become stars, and there aren't that many stars, boxing's niche. You know, the back people that buy the boxing news, it's not a lot, let me tell you. It's you'd be shocked at how few it is. But Joshua Fury, fucking out packing out football stadiums, million boys, pay-per-view, whatever. They're superstars that have been developing to that. But you know, fucking Monday to Friday, January to December, boxing's a niche sport, really. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. And, and, and like you say, that that's that's the reason why you need to. You, you, you have to really make that investment and, and build people. Um, you need the and, football. You need you need a package of football or, and yeah. other sports on your network because they're the guys you have to cross over to. You know, most men will watch a fight if they if it captures their imagination, but they don't. They're not seeking it out. They're watching their football team. They're what the, you know. Sky Sports News is such a tool because people are saying, "What's the transfer news? Are they buying them? What's happening?" They know they're going to get the news, and all sports as well, not just football, but we, you know, predominantly football. And you know, then all of a sudden, if uh, there's nothing better than there's no sport better than boxing for characters and life stories. So when Sky do a bit of a story or a bit of a feature on someone or, or they've gone down and they've interviewed or there's a press conference and Chisora throws the table or whatever. You know, all of a sudden, 
as the football fan, a football fan, but you'll watch a fight, you think, fucking, I'm going to watch that fight. You know, it gets you in, doesn't it? It gets those, it gets the casuals in. Oh, yeah, it does. I mean, there's there's no, you know, the, the power of the platform is, you know, it's 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 absolutely, it's absolutely there for all to see. I, I just wonder whether the UK and the USA, because the zones in all sorts of other countries, people should always remember that. And they've got big rights in a lot of other countries too. And they, they you know, they're an established major force in, in other places. But I just wonder whether the UK and the USA are just going to prove to be impossible almost. And, and the reason being that to get the domestic rights for the Premier League and the domestic rights for NFL or NBA or, or Major League Baseball or whatever it is, it's just, just going to be so hard because it's not just the fact that it's going to be really expensive. You've got to wrestle it away from established broadcast partners. And, you know, even though it's supposed to be blind bids or sealed bids or whatever, I'd imagine in reality, it probably isn't because the Premier League want to have control over where they go with their football and the NFL will want to have control over where they go with with, with their stuff. You know, it's just it, it seems to me like that those two markets, I mean, they are just locked down. And I just don't know if there's a way in. I mean, I think, I don't know how, I could be wrong here, but I think I think they have, I think the zone in Italy have Serie A or have a, certainly have a package. I think, the problem for the zone in the UK is the Premier League, such a brand that what it would cost to That's get it. that. I don't know, and, it, and even if they so either if they went out and got that, and that brought everything. What's left for boxing on the zone then? That's it. That's it. And then you've got the production costs on top of it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just such a, it's, it's a hell of an undertaking. And when, when, you know, this idea of being the Netflix of sport, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic idea. And, and, you know, I hope they stay in, I hope they stay in the game. You know, they, these kind of like internecine rivalries that people like to conjure up, they're not, they don't really exist because but certainly, you know, I'm a freelancer. The more people around there are to work yes. for, the the better, and the, the more people more covering a sport. Yeah, the better. It's 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 always been it's always been that way. But I, I don't know. I, I just think. Do you think it's been harder for him, Eddie, since since he left Sky than he that he thought? I think I think it probably has been, and I don't think that's out of any arrogance on his part of underestimating. Yeah, look, it, it, just, I just, yeah, I, I just think it was poss- impossible, really, for him to actually estimate what difference it was going to make until he was in it, and then now he's in it. I wouldn't be surprised if he's thinking, "Wow, I wasn't. This is, yeah, this is well, look, hard." It, you know, he's, he's, um, uh, it would have been a hard decision, but he, um, I guess it was a deal he couldn't turn down. You know, there's a, there's a price, isn't there? Everyone's got their price, and there's probably too much to turn down for him. Um, you know, also probably the thing with, I suppose, with the unforeseen things, wasn't there? like you know, Joshua is his queen on the chessboard, but he's been, you know, he signs a long term deal, signs with the zone, but then because Saudis have bought the show, it ends up on Sky, and then he gets beaten. It's like. Oh, you know, things like that. You just you probably don't factor those things happening in, do you? When you're trying to work, think best case, worst case scenario, you're trying to factor, you're trying to weigh things up, aren't you? I would, I'd imagine those things uh, you never factored in. It was unforeseen. 
Yo, I'm DK, co-host of the One Star Recruits podcast. My best friend Rip and I host five-star athletes, celebs, business leaders, comedians, and coaches from around the world. Each week, I can guarantee you the show will always have great laughs, catch up on life's in relatable ways, and have a ton of fun. We're recruiting you. We are the one stars, which means we can ask the questions that no other podcast asks to guests like Joey Chestnut, Evander Holyfield, Bobby Hurley, Jenny Finch, Ryan Lochte, Montel Jordan. New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts. One Star Recruits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that has, and this is often the case, I think it has been the case that it, it, the, the universe does tend to work in 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 this way, doesn't it? That when things aren't going your way, that's when things that you really didn't expect to happen in a negative sense do, and you're up against it. And that's just yeah, you know, that's that's just the way of the world a lot of the time. Oh, when it rains, it fucking pours. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's 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 the phrase that I was groping in the darkness for there, but. But yeah, I, I do think it's been quite a tough year. But at the same time, they they put on some really good shows. They've still got a lot of good fighters. There's absolutely no sign of the towel going in anytime, anytime and soon. And things change in boxing too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Wins, you know. Uh, just- yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what makes things so interesting at the minute. You've got someone, someone takes a lead, and then someone else takes a lead, and then someone comes up on the rail. Someone's miles out in front, and they fall over. You know, that that's how it's always been, and that's how it will always. It will always be. It, it very much goes in goes in cycles. Um, okay, well, we've not got too much longer, but before we go, let's just have a quick chat about about Josh Kelly on Friday. I, I, what I want to talk to you about more than the actual fight itself with with Josh is just kind of the the journey he's been on because it was a really good performance. Williamson is a strong, bona fide British champion, good amateur as well, and he brought everything he could bring. He kept walking him down. He kept working, keeping the faith that he was slow in the second half of the fight, which given Kelly's previous fights, given his career up until that point, he had every reason to believe that he would. And he didn't. And Kelly just looked like a completely and utterly different man. Like we've always known the abilities there, but he had this tendency to gas. He did it in that fight we did against Ray Robinson in Madison Square Garden. He admitted it afterwards. He did it against Avanesian. I went to the gym to see him a few months ago and he said, things will be different now because I've moved up in weight, but it's not just the weight. He said, I got myself into a situation mentally where as fight night approached, I just became cripplingly anxious. Nervous energy just poured out of me and it just became this kind of mental block. It was just dragging me down, draining me. And I was just unable to perform in the way that I, that I wanted to. And it took him quite a long time to come out with this because he's not really the kind of bloke to try and make excuses. I know he looks flash in the ring, but we know him a little bit and he's not really like that at all. You know, he's a very open, honest guy. But I wondered whether he would be able to kind of just get rid of that mental block, basically. But but it looks like he has. Uh, and the possibilities for him now are, I mean, they're, they're big. But, but you would have seen a lot of fighters down the years who just could not do on fight night what they did in the gym, and that's essentially where he was. Yeah, totally. It, it's it's um, do you know what it is? Look, because the gym's the gym, and on the night's different. You have got that nervous energy, the whole mental approach, all week, everything, and you know, 
you've got to you've got to learn how to conserve energy in a hard fight. You can't just have a mutual rest. You know what I mean? No. You've got to nick a rest. You know, you've got to know how to steal a break, and you've got to you've got to know what pace you can maintain, and you can't. You know, it's like if I was going to do if I was going to do chin ups, right? I could probably do. I I could probably keep. I could probably do sets of four for. I don't know, but I could do a lot. But I, 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 yeah, me too. I, but I could probably do one set of fifteen. I'm fifteen proper chin-ups, right? And then I'm. But then my next set would probably be about six, and my next would probably be two because I've hit that lactic acid level. I've gone over. Do you know, there's there's a line, and if I go over it, I'm done, and I don't come back from it. You know, I make I, that happened to me loads in my career. I mean, obviously, it happened in the Jamie Moore fight, but. It nearly happened loads of times before that. I fucking I done Michael my one in the fifth round. Trust me, if I didn't do it in the fifth round, I was fucked. I done it against Scott Dixon. He didn't come out for the sixth again. If he had, I might have been fucked because the pace I'd gone at it was mental. So you know, you think I should have learned my lesson, but I didn't. It took the pain of losing against Jamie Moore for me to learn. I need to. I need to learn how to conserve energy. You know, I need out that. And, you know, I think a little bit with Kelly like that. You know, he does these big moves and they're explosive, but they take, they, you know, they, they require a lot of energy to fight like that, you know. And you need to, you need a rest. You have, you, know, you do an explosion, then you need a rest. But someone like Amnesia didn't let him have the rest. He kept on him, made him go again, made him go again, made him go again. So it, Eventually, he ran out of steam because he couldn't. He couldn't keep going. Um, you know, he, he was a lot better at it the other night. Now, he, now, listen, he was to fight Avenisian again. Can he? Can he, would he? Would he be better? He'll definitely be better. But would Avenisian make him fight at a pace he can't keep, maintain? Possibly. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a learning curve for him. I think he'll, he might look back in years to come and think that the, the loss of Avenisian was the making of him. You know, I, I, like I say, with me, with Jamie Moore, I uh, I nearly gassed in, a, in several fights leading up to that. But after Jamie, there were fights that was nowhere near as fit as. But so, those fights when I gassed, nearly gassed, by the way, it's Michael Monaghan and Scott Dixon. I was so fit. But if you try and sprint a marathon, you're going to run out of fucking gas. I don't care how fit you are, you know. And it was like, and I, that's what was happening in those fights, and I got away with them, but I didn't get away with it with Jamie because he was he was good, he was better than them, and he was tough, and he ra- he knew to ride the sun, and he knew that I, he was thinking he can't keep his fucking pace up, so he stayed on me, stayed on me, and Oliver kept him in the fight. I remember Jamie saying to me years after saying he come back at the end of the six, and he said to Oliver, "I'm done, I'm, I'm fucked, I'm done," and he said, and he said to him, "No, no, look, he's fucked too, he's fucked, stay in there, blah blah," and that was great corner work. He motivated him and talked to me in and kept him in the fight, and you know he got he didn't run out of steam like I did, but. You know, I'd imagine that's something that Josh Kelly's looked at. I had fights then, like I said, I wasn't fit. I wasn't nowhere near as fit as I was for, for those fights where I did the ten rounds fine because I knew when to take a rest. I, I, I stayed. I stayed within myself. I stayed within this pace. Like I said, the, the other fights I was doing fifteen chin ups in one set, and then I was fucked. So I didn't have any more left in me. Where the, that threshold, that line where you go over, you have to stay within that. And everyone will be different. Everyone will have a pace that, that they can do. And, you know, some some fighters like David Hay, who's massively explosive, 
he would have known he only had X amount of explosions per round. And if he went over that, he'd gas. So he'd know he'd have to stay within that. And if he stays within that, he could do 12 rounds, no problem. But if he, if, if he got excited and went giddy, like he did against Carl Thompson, same thing, punched, you know, tried to finish Carl Thompson and punched himself out. You know, so Josh Kelly in fights, we said it in the garden against uh, Ray Robinson, punched himself out early on because he's like those, you know, big shots, and those big moves that he does. That that takes a lot of energy out here. So you've got to, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be a big, big, and especially big punches that are powerful. In fairness, React Poor, you see React Poor, he's very mindful of the pace he goes at because he's explosive. So every time he lets those shots go, that, that saps the battery. He has to then go for a walk, breathe, get it back, and then he can go again. But if he goes again and goes again and goes again, he's done. Yeah, no, no, I think that, that's that, that's exactly it, and and that that style that Josh is is using is, is he's got Adam Booth as his trainer, and and that style wasn't invented by David Hay, but he was certainly popularised within the UK by by Hay, and it is it is a it's a tough way to fight, and ideally you're a massive puncher like like Hay was, and Josh Kelly is a perfectly respectable puncher, uh, but not a massive puncher. So, like you say, if you're going to do twelve rounds and you're him, you've got to you've got to find those pockets of relaxation and. And it's interesting. I went down to the gym. I go down there you know, reasonably often, actually, because it's it's easy to get to. And and Adams, yeah, he's always he's he's always happy to have me. And I don't think I'm giving away any trade secrets here. But I was watching a bit of pad work, and and one phrase that he used just kind of um, stuck with me. Which and you basically just said it, which was you know, go train the relaxation, which is you know you throw the punch and you're looking to create that maximum split second moment of tension on those two knuckles and then as soon as that happens you've got to let it go as quick as you can because mm. if you carry it around with you you're going to gas aren't you yeah because it's nervous energy and, and and but even or, or even at the pace like you know if you let a few shots go all right now you need to get have a breather and get a rest and let it come back because you just keep going keep going like you say you know you can't if everyone got if you're on the 100 meters as fast as you can and then someone says, right, turn around, you've got to do it again. <laughs> you're not going to go, you know, you're not going to go very fast, are you? And it's like in boxing, you, you know, there's, you, you, there's, there's this, you've got to be able to sustain the pace for 12 rounds. That, But, you know, look, Wayne McCullough can go bell to bell, but he can't break an egg. But he could literally punch three minutes of every single round. But he, he wasn't a puncher. But, like, he'd break your heart because he could keep going. But, like you say, someone like... Uh, and Mike Tyson, or you know, now in nowadays, you got someone like React Ball who's really explosive when he lets them go. He's only got so many of them, David Hay. They've only got so many of them in a round. It takes a lot out of you. So, um, get I'd imagine Kelly's been boxing at a pace he couldn't probably sustain, but it didn't matter because he was too good for them and he was getting away with it. You know what I mean? So, where Avenisha could stand up to him, take it make him go again, take it, make him go again, and all of a sudden, he gasses. But that could be the best thing that's ever happened to Josh Kelly. Yeah, he said that himself, that you know he, he was determined that he would look back, back back on that in years to come and that that would have been the, you know, he'd look back on it as the end of chapter one and the start of chapter two. And I was really hoping that would be the case. And the signs are that, that, that it could be because you know, it was a really good win on Friday. 
Uh, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We'll see what happens with him, but he just looked like a completely different man. Um, Avanish and then with Terence Crawford this Saturday. So, so very best of luck to him and all of the team heading over for that one. Okay, we'll um, yeah, we'll leave it there. I think we've got a couple more of these coming before Christmas, and then we'll probably have a little bit of a uh, a Yule tide break our, ourselves. Um, any any exciting plans for Christmas, Macklin? Not really. Not really. You want my new No, well, well the, um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's. I'm looking forward to it, though. It's always, yeah, it's always, it's always great fun. Looking forward to that card in Bournemouth. Um, like I said, hopefully getting over to to Belfast this weekend, which um, which is always great. A fight night in Belfast. Um, you know, yeah, I might, I might go actually myself. I, I didn't plan to, but now that you've said it, I might, I might, I might go over to that. Yeah, there's some, there's some, you know, I think Kurt Walker and Kieran Malloy are on it again. I saw them a few weeks ago. I think McKenna's on it, Tyrone McKenna, uh, Polly McCrory, fresh from knocking out Leon Bunn. Um, I saw that in Frankfurt a back towards the end of October. And Kurt Walker and Malloy were on that card too. And the, there were a load of Irish in the in the arena, packed out little arena. It was a great night, just one of those great away trips where you saw somebody do something a bit special and unexpected. And you just kind of really pleased you were there. Uh, so I think it'll be a good one at the SSC on the weekend. Um, and best of luck to Josh Warrington too. Friend of friend of the show, Josh. Did a great yeah, job a, a few weeks ago. So hopefully he holds on to that title. I do think it'll be, be a tough fight, but, but hopefully he gets that done. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you could find time to give us a review and a, and a rating, that would be appreciated as always. Uh, take it easy. We'll be back soon. Yes, that line falls on the right page. Not that Maggie's back in Podcast Network.